Welcome to Casual Swinger. If you're under 18, the following podcast is not appropriate for you. The subjects and language are for mature audiences only. If you're not mature in nature, just make sure you're old enough to vote. We don't take ourselves seriously, ever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any opinions or statements made on this podcast, our website, or our blog. It's all in fun, folks. This isn't Dr. Phil. Now, consider yourself the listener properly advised. Welcome back, everybody, to Casual Swinger. My name is Mickey. And I'm Mallory. And uh, welcome back for part two of a three-part series for a living history of hedonism two. This is a w- the winds of change. Winds of change. I feel like I should sing the winds of change. I know you just said it like like it feels uh, like an Emily Bronte novel like title or we need Morgan Freeman. Where's Morgan Freeman when you need him? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I think his he voice is, makes everything. He's cooler. literally the narrator of my life. Is he? Yes, in my head. Yeah. Well, I just feel like he would get upset every time he had to narrate me masturbating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a short narration. I mean, it's always a race. It's never a, it's like a sprint, not a marathon. I would enjoy listening to that though. I think the thing that takes the longest when you masturbate is looking for good porn. You're like, you start to whack off and then you're like, oh no, not it. Oh no, not it. Oh, something like unexpected happens and you're like, oh shit. Oh, I didn't know what they were going to use the cup for. Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, so, so no segment this week again um, as we go into this living history part two, Winds of Change. And this one features a gentleman that is widely credited with saving the resort. Yeah, this is, oh, so I let this, this episode is a big deal. This episode's a big deal because number one, the Winds of Change, we're talking about what happened at the resort when things went south. Right. Yeah, and they, the food they really was getting did. bad. The, the resort mm. wasn't happy. People weren't getting paid. It was falling apart. We're talking about like circa 2001. Things were not good. Mm-mm. Things were definitely not good. Dire. And there was a group that had established itself above and above and beyond all others mm-hmm. as a, the group to go with. And mm-hmm. we're talking about a group called the Fluffernutters. Fluffernutters are run by a guy named John Gross. They were founded by he and his wife, Janet. And uh, matter of fact, we went on our honeymoon trip with them. That is true. Uh, so, and which is where we met Jim and Rachel. Correct. And uh, a lot of things changed for us. So mm-hmm. it's uh, we got a lot of love for the fluffs. We really do. And uh, you know, interestingly enough, in the last episode that we recorded this week with Howard, mm-hmm. was he talked about John? He talked about the extras that they provide. And, and what are we talking about? You know, a big difference between keto and desire. Mm-hmm. is desire is what it is, right? The, res- the resort itself is a high-end hotel mm-hmm. that offers an experience for people, and the service is beyond beyond question, right? Beyond mm-hmm. reproach. Uh, but when we talk about Hito, the experience is the people. People talk about the people all the time. Very much so. And the food's great, all right? And the resort experience itself, the hotel rooms are not remotely as nice as desire, from what I'm told. No, but they're not nearly... As bad as what they used <laughs> Nearly to be. Nearly as bad as they used to be. Ooh. And that's the point of this episode. Yeah. So back in the day uh, when everything went south, there was a guy who said, this place means so much to the mm-hmm. people that means so much to me. Mm-hmm. We can't let this thing fail. We can't let this thing go. And you know what? He also saw a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. He saw a business opportunity. He saw an opportunity to serve his customers and to serve his friends. And what they did is they bought the resort. So he this did. is- He brought- uh, 
Go ahead. Some someone's. Yeah, he bought many someone's. Yeah, he brought the, the ownership group together. Yeah, that ended up buying Hedo from Super Clubs and yep. then invested millions I mean, and millions. tens of millions yes. of dollars into this resort. And every time we go back, we're in awe of something new. Something new. It's like a a, a revolution. It is, and the spirit of the resort is only enhanced by these things. Yeah, and so we're releasing two episodes back-to-back. This is a Wednesday and a Thursday release. We've never done this before. And, you know, I think it's important to cover this history for you guys. I think it's important to talk about all the things that are different. And we're going to talk in the third piece and the final piece of this living history of Hedo. Um, That final piece will be with Harry Lang, where we'll talk about some of the changes that he's made. Because, you know, Hedo used to have sex police, Yes. Or they give you give you a hard time for getting it on. Mm-hmm. Hito used to have uh, worse food, worse rooms, worse everything, and these guys came together and changed all that. They also added things to make it a little more sex forward. Yeah, and let's let's check that though, because I mean it's it sounds like we're we're putting down the resort and what it used to be, but it's another testament to the spirit and the people because we kept going back, they kept going back oh, yeah, year after year, no matter how much it deteriorated because of the relationship, the people, the staff. The environment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, my first trip to Hito was in 2001, and it was when things were starting to take a pitch downward, and I still loved it. I loved everything about it. Everything about it just felt so natural to me, and it helped me figure out who I was and what I wanted to be and how I wanted to live my life, and And I, I credit, you know, Hito with that, and I credit John uh, Gross with helping it stay, helping it stay that way, and he found Harry Lang, who's, you know, the principal owner of Hedonism 2 today. And we thank him for that, you know, as guests and as repeat offenders <laughs> for Hito. <laughs> so, you know, it when we talk about travel agents, and there's a lot of really, really great travel agents out there, right? I mean, you've got Castaways, who's one of the biggest. You've got Topless Travel, who employ our friends Mark and Carly to go out and host for them. You've got the Dirty Pervs with Jason and Heather, yeah. who we love. And then, of course, our hometown, Rachel's Rascals, who we love. These travel agents all kind of came after yeah. John Gross. Yes. They all came after the fluffs. And when I say after, they might have been there first, but the fluffs changed the way it was done. Correct. They set uh, the mold. They set they the did. pace. And, and by that, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking, you know, Hito, by the way, when you go to Hito, if you've never been to Hito, you haven't heard us talk about it before, you get a lot of stuff included. Water sports are included, all your food, all your drinks. It's an all-inclusive resort. Yes. But, and the entertainment staff does a great job, but that doesn't mean that you can't go above and beyond. And some of these travel agents do amazing things. Mm. They throw parties like the Fluffernutters cock and tail party. That's the first time anybody ever did anything like that. That yeah. was their idea. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, it's overdone at this point, but when you've been doing it for 20 some odd years, things get overdone. People still get very excited about it because it's the kickoff to the week. No, I'm talking about the car wash. That's what's Oh, overdone. the car wash. <laughs> the cocktail party is not overdone because it's a kickoff. It's, it's an opportunity to meet each other. But, you know, people do neat spins on it. Like the pervs do speed dating for lifestylers That's during true. their cocktail party. They do. So uh, there's a lot of neat ways that these things get done. But it all started with the fluffs and all started with John. So we're going to give this man the credit he's do we're going to give him some time to talk to you guys and tell you a little bit about the fluffs and he's going to tell you how they bought Hito and some of those stories which i think this is a super cool story that nobody's told i have to agree and again another great conversation um that i very much enjoyed being a part of yeah it was really neat you know and 
Uh, if you ever get a chance to walk up and talk to John, he'll talk to anybody. Do it. Do it. Go up and talk to the guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't blame him. If I, my story was this cool, I would love to talk about myself. And he does a great job of it. He tells a complete story. Um, he's He still manages to, yeah. to weave in Brutally some humility honest. there yeah. and some, some Brutally honesty. Honest. Yeah. It was a really, really fun interview to do. And we want to thank John for joining us on Casual Swinger. Uh, we think this was super cool. And uh, then, you know, part three, which comes next week, well, well, actually, yeah, next week will be Harry Lang. So that's kind of exciting. I'm very excited to sit down with Harry. Yeah, so super neat. But, hey, uh, that's kind of it. We're just going to let you guys dig right into this interview. We want to keep this short and sweet this time. Uh, this is the story of John Gross and, and how they saved Hito. And uh, Mallory, feel free to tell folks how they can find us. Awesome. Well, we'll be down in Jamaica, so definitely look for us on Twitter. We're playing What's Under My Hat, so feel free to participate, play along, and win some cool prizes. You can find us as Casual Swinger not only on Twitter, but Instagram, Facebook, SLS, SDC, and Cassidy. Send us your feedback and questions. Even if you just want to check in and see how our week's going, you can find us podcast at casualswinger.com. Send us a message, send us a note. And as always, casualswinger.com. Awesome. This is your interview with John Gross from the Fluffernutters. Everybody, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. Welcome back, everybody, to Casual Swinger. I'm Mickey. I'm Mallory. And we have our special guest here, somebody that uh, we think you guys are going to love hearing from, one Mr. John Gross from Unwind Travel. John, how are you today? I'm good, Mickey and Mallory. Uh, thank you for having me on Casual Swinger and taking the time out of the beautiful weather and the pool and hot tub at Hedo. To, to <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, this doesn't suck. We're not going to lie. No, but we greatly appreciate you taking out the time to uh, well, join us today. Taking out time twice, right? Because yeah. we did this interview once before with John oh, back it. It in. It was so beautiful. It was a phenomenal interview that told a beautiful story. And I had a server snafu and lost his interview. And he graciously and so professionally opted to do this interview with Absolutely us again. Absolutely. Testament to the man. Yeah. So we really can't thank this man enough. John, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned, you know, we're down here at Hito right now and, and we're talking about you. We saw uh, Howard Herenstein yesterday who this episode, uh, his this is the second part of a three-part series on a living history of hedonism too. Mm-hmm. And we saw Howard and he mentioned you, said you just left and we missed you. We saw Cheryl Lynn. She's like, you just missed John. We saw Harry. Hey, you just missed John. Uh, a, you're a celebrity around here, man. Yeah, it was time. It was time for me to come to come back to this gorgeous weather in Manchester, New Hampshire, where it's snowing and icy and cold. Does Does yeah. it ever get old coming back <laughs> but, here? Know, how, how many times how, have you been to Hito? Oh my God! You know, I've tried to figure that out. I know not as much as Howard. I mean, Howard started way back when it was the Grill Beach, so he's probably in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I came once in '85. Um, well, at least to Hito. And once in 87, and then in the 90s, I was there. The first half of the 90s, like once a year, then I started coming twice a year. You know, it's funny. Came once a year and realized that a year is just too long. So twice a year made things pretty good because every six months, you know, you come home from a trip, you're ready to go. You know, you already think about the next one. And then uh, around the end of the, of, uh, the century, um, I started doing groups. Uh, they were called Hito Homes to start with, and uh, then became Fluffernutters. And, of course, Fluffers now does, I think, eight trips a year. And so far, I haven't missed one. 
Wow. <laughs> you know, then when I, when I was CEO, you know, I was, when I was CEO, I was there for meetings at least once a month on top of the trips. I think there was probably two or three years where I was there like 20 times or 20 something times. I'm as much as Harry. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I can't go to the grocery store and walk past the marshmallow fluff and not think of you guys. That's true. And uh, the I, thing that I think I about know. is how hard it is to get that shit off. It is. Like, you have to lick for hours. It's delicious and uh, sticky. Well, yeah, it's pretty water soluble. Think about it, though. I used to use uh, a chocolate that came with a, uh, a brush. It's called Baby's Chocolate from like West Germany or something. And it just didn't make beautiful pictures when you, you know, someone picks their head it's up. brown. And they've yeah. been like licking chocolate or something. It looks like they're yeah. covered in shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, the little white fluff, you know, running off of some girl's side of her mouth is kind of, kind of sexy, actually. You know? Yeah, I have to agree. Hot. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So we've got a, a lot to cover here, but I, I really want to get a picture of the man. So we talked a little bit uh, before you came on about what we feel really happened here, and and you know, we'll reiterate that that we feel like there's one person that deserves a lot of credit for saving Hito, saving home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this place wouldn't be here today. If somebody hadn't had uh, the entrepreneurial balls to step up and put a group together to save this place from what was coming. So we want to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, and the creative foresight, right? Yeah, because it did take creativity. It took, you know, you had to see the the potential for what this place could be. 90 mm -hmm. acres of perversion was falling apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Super Clubs had wrung all the money out of its cash cow. You were saying? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know... um, you know, in the you know 2000 to 2010, 11, 12, I had built a, a large following um, that you know couldn't couldn't go anywhere else really. I mean, the the resort in, in Mexico only had like 109 rooms, and uh, and if Hito went out of business, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I was throwing some parties at the Playboy Mansion and you know rehab and so forth, but but most of it was Hito. Like we're Hito people, so if Hito became a family resort my life as I knew it would have been over. And, and, you know, I ran a, a computer company and I was involved in a whole bunch of other things, but the the best time of my life every year was going down to Hito. It was, you know, you, if no one, if you haven't been there, if you're a listener and you haven't been, you really, no matter how much we put it in words until you actually experience it, you just have no idea how it changes your life. It changes your DNA. I think you can go to Hito once and never go back, but if you go twice, you're hooked. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it, it's as bad as any drug possibly take. It, it really does, and yeah. and I want to dig in a little so, bit. So I've got some questions for you, and and I think, you know, because we thought about this a lot. We, you know, we met you on a fluff trip. We did. We came our on our honeymoon four years ago today. We came on our honeymoon with you. Wow. Yeah, this is our friend anniversary. This is our friend anniversary cool. with you, John. <laughs> uh, so happy, happy friend anniversary. That's right. Happy friend anniversary to you, sir. But, you know, when I first met you, we were in the hot tub and you were telling me about Grolin Computer. And then I got to know you better and we learned about Unwind Travel and the Fluffernutters. And then you became Hedonism CEO. So tell tell our listeners, what are you? Are you a geek? Are you a travel agent? Are you a CEO? Are you a swinger? How do you describe yourself if somebody says, who you who are you? Jeez. I, I, well, I don't think I define as any one thing. I think all of those things are probably right. Um, I'm a guy who likes to have a good time and I'm a guy who likes to live life to its fullest. There's a lot of people who sacrifice living life for the future. And, you know, some people get there, some people don't. Um, I don't have the good fortune of Harry, of having Harry's kind of money. 
Uh, so I have to, you know, live life as I can. I think most of us do. Um, I think mm-hmm. anybody who goes to Hito for a week, you know, what kind of person are they? Uh, they have this and that. They could be anybody. But there's somebody who, who's looking to have a good time, to, you know, who's got an uninhibited mind, uh, wants to experiment, wants to just have the, the fantasy kind of things. You know, I, I made some money, you know, by pure luck uh, in the 90s with my computer company. And when you have a little bit of money and you have an amazing wife and you have two good kids, um, you know, some of the other fantasy things are like, you know, I also get those. And, you know, here <laughs> I am going to Hito. And, you know, for those who you can't see me because it's on the radio now, but I'm a short guy uh, who looks a little bit like Danny DeVito. When I go in a singles bar, uh, you know, most women are looking over my head at everybody else around me. At Hito, I could be myself and, you know, apply my personality and some of my skills and, and actually do pretty well. Um, it's, a, it's interesting. Women who go to Hito will tell me that they never feel as beautiful as when they're at Hito. The men are so appreciative of all the women that are there, especially the significant others or the spouses of that woman. A lot of couples go because it reignites their marriage. It gives them an, another sense of, of, uh, of reconnection. Um, there's a lot of sexuality and sensuality, but a lot of it just reflects back on the couple themselves. You know, a lot of people go and they watch or they are around it and it stimulates them and they go back and they have tremendous sex that they might not have had for years because their kid, they're worried about fitting it in before the kids, you know, knock on the door or the, whatever it oh. is. They, one has to be somewhere and they're too tired, whatever it is. Amen. You're a hito. You're in a place yeah. for a week, right? You're in a place for a week with unlimited alcohol only adults, no children crying. Everybody's got an open mind. You may not want to fuck everybody who's there, but every but you sort of you know if intercourse means conversation, you know, then you definitely have intercourse with a lot of people. <laughs> I love that analogy, and I have to I'm agree sorry, with you on so many fronts. No, 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 don't apologize. But I I go home every time after a trip to Hito, and feel so good about myself it's a very positive environment to be in especially as a female because you do get that constant you know affirmation you have that opportunity to connect with your significant other that you're there with and there's no bullshit involved there's no work there's no kids there's no responsibilities that you're tied to and it's just you don't really know until you go and we constantly encourage people to you know at least try it if you've never been at least try because you know, we've taken away so many positive experiences. It translates into definite confidence. Yeah, it translates into definite confidence for women, especially. And um, that that goes a long, long way. It's funny because men think, everybody thinks, you're going to go there, it's a big orgy and this and that. It really is. I mean, it could be if you wanted it to be, I guess. But that's not the prevalence of reason people go. Mm -mm. They go, I'm sure... Um, I'm sure, um, uh, ha- ha- I'm not happy. Uh, oh, Howard. Howard. I'm sure Howard is very clear on that too. Yeah. So, I mean, let me just give you like fluffers. You asked me, I never answered it. You know, a, we were laying around the, the, uh, cool tub, um, the real low one by the caves and oh, yeah. we needed mm-hmm. a name for our group. And, and we, and you know, we were trying to think of something that didn't say swinger on it. Cause we didn't want like swinger on our hat. And we didn't want, like, you know, lifestyle on our shirt because we wanted people to be able to wear our logo and wear our stuff. And those who know, know, and those who don't, don't. So right. uh, a fluffernutter kind of sounds like a, 
sounds like a fluffer, which for those who don't know, is the girl who gets a guy hard uh, before, you know, porno star, uh, <laughs> before he goes on scene. They have girls who, mm-hmm. who are fluffers. So everybody who thinks, oh, it's a fluffer, it's got to be something pornographic. But for those who don't know, that means you, you're probably not from New England. Uh, marshmallow fluff, uh, and I don't mean marshmallow cream, but marshmallow fluff, which is, you know, a, a mark owned by the jerky company. Uh, mm-hmm. Those There were two guys uh, in the Depression that sold marshmallow fluff door to door. Um, and that became a couple. There's even a, there's even a fluff um, per, uh, event every year in September in Somerville, Mass. And we wanted a name that was sexy. Uh, we love marshmallow fluff. I mean, their sales go up every time we do a trip, and they probably, you know, <laughs> all the managers probably take you know, all kinds of credit for, you know, their new advertising plan or whatever it is. The truth is, it's just it's my guys, you know, buying the fluff to bring to Tahito. Um, you know, you, you know, for under a dollar. You can uh, you can have a jar of fun, and so that's why we chose Fluff Nutter. It looks good. The logo is just a couple with palm trees and some Fluff Nutters on it. So that's why Fluff Nutters exist. And, and we it actually is, have uh, some swag with our names on it with the Fluff Nutters logo. Absolutely, we do. And it's it's a the namesake you know speaks volumes, especially in this environment. And you just talked about the history of the name in and of itself. But let's talk about the group, like how it actually came to be. I mean, you were coming here. You said you started in the '80s, and in the '90s it came to well, fruition. Well, like. How is that transition yeah, from then to now? Is, well, what's interesting about us is a lot of the other groups are traveling just at Book Hito. They're just traveling. So that's what they do. If you want to go on a cruise, mm-hmm. they'll put you on a cruise. If you want to go you know, to Europe, they'll put you to Europe. Uh, some, of them, some of them do adult stuff, but they do all kinds of adult stuff. They don't care, you know, t- they don't care whether it's Hito or someplace else. We were never that way. We never were a travel agency. I was a... A computer guy, and I was a plumbing salesman before that. The agency only came into being because I needed an agency to have the bonding and to have the I attend number and the stuff you need to really sell travel and do it legally and and, and uh, ethically. So the um, you know we are we never advertise. You don't see our you know we don't pop up. Some of the guys are really good. Some of the group leaders are really good at you know. God forbid you go to any adult site, their ad for booking is going to follow you everywhere. I'm a computer guy. I could do that, but I've chosen purposely to let people bring people in. So most of, I would say 90% of our, our membership is because they were referred to by somebody else. We have one wow. couple that comes, they tell five of their friends, their five friends come that one couple might leave three, four years later, but those are the five that have spawned 25 and so forth. And I think as far as total logons and, you know, on the fluff and nutter site, I think we're at 30,000 people that are, that are technically members, but we really only truly have probably four or 5,000 that are active members, but that's still quite a few. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's quite a few people. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, when you got four or 5,000 people and, you know, you think about it, this room is, or this, uh, resort is 288 rooms. You can fill 288 rooms. You have, you guys have done quite a few takeovers in the history of not only Hito, but the history of the fluffs, right? Yeah, 280 rooms. We were the, we were. It was us in one other group that uh, really could fill the place uh, back in the, you know, the mid days. What happened was the resort got to the point where Super Clubs was just trying to cash in. Uh, the the Issa family really is nowhere on the island anymore. They they own a, a property in the Bahamas, and um, at one point they just shut off. You know, the money all went to Florida, and, and everything had to be requested. So it wasn't like the resort could keep the profits that they were generating. And they were generating profits. In fact, it's the first resort 
the profits from hedonism is what bought Grand Lido and all the other, you know, all the other uh, hotels. And, and Johnny so did a nice job designing the resort. He's proud of a lot of things. And the resort was in such such bad shape that I swear to God, Kevin will tell you that towards the end, it was one October, one week where he had to go in the casino machines to take the coins out to go buy bread or yeast to make wow. bread. Kidding? Um, I mean, the resort was running out of even rum. No, I'm not kidding. The resort was right out of rum. And there was a point where we brought our own alcohol in. We had uh, uh, Jeffrey, the uh, rest of the manager, actually buy alcohol for us. So we had flavored markers. We put our label on it so everyone knew that the maker's mark came from us. And even when they had that stuff, it was one bottle and it was gone. And then I heard in 2012 that um, basically the bank was going to control the, the, you know, the mortgage. And they had somebody who owned a... Um, middle class or less type um, family resort in Port Antonio, and they were setting up this guy to buy the the property. Oh, that must have been terrifying. At that point, it was so okay. Many like, well, I was like, I was, you know, I was very concerned for the people who work there. You, you, you know, when you go to Hito, it's like no other hotel. You right. will fall in love with somebody, some one of the staff. Everybody has their favorite bar. We do every time. Favorite. It's somebody new every time. Uh, yeah. Waiter or wait. It's they're all saying, you know, the Jamaicans just had it. It's the greatest island for. I mean, I travel a lot. I've been through the whole Caribbean, Mexico, and so forth. The Jamaicans really know how to connect, especially in a place like Hito. They get it. They understand what we want, and they truly become, you know, interested in you. And they become when you go back. You, you know, I know that most of the families, the people. I was worried about everybody besides my group. And so it was time to put a group together. And I had maybe three or four people that had the money, uh, Mm -hmm. but only a couple that were serious. Uh, One guy was a Brazilian guy, uh, a multi-billionaire kind of guy. And then there's Harry. And and Harry um, was the number two guy or so. He was certainly in the top tier. He ran the largest fund in the world, the Magellan Fund, in the 80s and 90s. And Harry had partied with me for years. Of course, we all Mm -hmm. keep that kind of stuff quiet at in those days, um, now it's so about there. I, I don't mind mentioning his name, but um, you know, Harry helped. I remember once he wrote a check from his, you know, his uh, charity fund that he had, trust fund or whatever it was for charities, and he wrote a check once at a Playboy party for I think seventy five hundred dollars or eight thousand dollars the year before he had lost the auction to paint a Playboy model, and he was determined not to lose it that year. Uh, <laughs> so he's a guy, probably the only liberal probably the only liberal that ever worked for the company. I mean, that we were a top tier person. And Harry is a genuinely nice guy who cares about people. He is so he really unusual does. for a guy of his kind of money. He, yeah. He, he takes the bus. You know, I used, I flew in and he was like, what are you flying in for the bus? And I'm like, well, Harry, I, I flew in before I became part of the ownership group. You know, I wasn't changing. Anything. He is, uh, uh, he's truly what he is. He's truly a really good guy. And, yeah. um, I have to agree. He, he was yeah. the perfect one. He was a perfect guy to bring into the deal. We had a margarita in the pool one day, and he said, you know, I, I think I could buy this place. I'm going to retire soon. And he said, what do you want? And I said, what, is, what do you mean, what do you want? Well, I mean, you want a flat amount of money. You want this stuff. I said, well, a, a percentage. He goes, well, what percentage would you like? Can you imagine having to come up with your own number? Like, what percentage? I didn't know what to say. That'd be terrifying. I gave a percentage of about, I thought it gave a I was just thrilled that the resort would stay open, to be honest with you. And and right. um, and then I said I'd like to be the CEO. I'd be the CEO for a few years, and, and that might be kind of fun, you know. So uh, 
I went to my lawyers and, and started negotiating. I actually went to Muna, who's uh, the East's uh, daughter, uh, yeah. really cool girl. Um, and I said to her, look, you got to help me out here because you know how much I love Hito. I mean, I had won a bunch of awards for being the number one, you know, guy in the air and so on. And the people knew me. They knew uh, how much I cared. Uh, we had started a scholarship fund, and we had paid for the first year of high school for all the children and grandchildren. We had helped the guy. We saved the guy's life. That's like, true. A life-saving operation. We had, done, we had done a ton of stuff as a group, as partners. Oh, yeah. And I said to Muna, I said, Muna, get me in to talk to your father, and what I'll do is we'll bring this resort back what it was in its glory days and he'll be proud of it and i'll tell you what we'll leave him with a piece of the resort we'll leave you with 10 percent of the resort or something as part of the deal so you still have your fingers in it to some degree uh at least you know the, the valuation as it goes up and she did and I, I tried to get a meeting with the vice president of the bank who was a, a female which in jamaica is you can imagine not how tough, common how tough she was yeah wow okay yeah uh, and she and she would not even hear me i'm telling you i couldn't she wouldn't even return my calls and, and then I got Harry on board. And once they saw Harry Lang and uh, they realized that he's probably worth more than the Bank of Jamaica, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden the, the doors open. We have a meeting. You know, I'm invisible. And all the bankers are coming in to give him the, the card. Literally, they must have timed it. Like one guy comes in, thank you very much. Ten minutes later, another guy comes in. They all introduced themselves. And, and luckily we had Harry because he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He was, again, he was concerned about how the, how the employees are going to get treated. And he wanted to change uh, uh, the way employees were treated. He did some really cool stuff. Um, but I will say this. As the deal was coming to, to a, we were supposed to close the first time, and Harry actually walked out of the deal that day. He said his, his I think his son or one of some of his family had, had talked him out of, uh, you know, that it wasn't a good investment. And what I had promised Harry is, I said, Harry, you won't lose money on this investment, but you probably won't make money either. If you're doing this to make money, you can put your money elsewhere because it's really probably not a great investment. It's definitely highly risky. I said, but it will mm-hmm. change your life. You will well, become pretty sure it has. You have, yeah. You'll be fucking girls. I mean, he's fucked more girls <laughs> since he's been in the building. I'm telling you, just, I bet you a thousand just, times more than his combined life oh, before then. And, and I, might say, be sure, I might be short at this point. Yeah, he's to really say he's prolific is an understatement. Like he is literally Mr. Yeah. Hito. Like it, it, Mr. Yeah, he is. We saw him the last night. And he's like, and I he... think there's four girls waiting in my room for me. And and that sounds misogynistic, but it's not because they love him and he loves they, them back. He's it, a wonderful person, and they're having fun, and it's consensual, and it's 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 amazing. And he's very much a giver, like in a lot of aspects. He does care about people. He does it, it, it get um, joy out of seeing other people happy, and. In his own right, he enjoys being happy. Yeah, and it's, he's just exuding happiness yeah. out of every yeah. pore, and you can't blame him for it. I don't think. <laughs> and, and, uh, and the funny thing, is, and the funny thing is, I said to him, "Look, you're buying a look. How old are you? I think he was sixty-two at the time. I said, you know, you've been, you know, when, when you work for Fidelity, they watch everything. They know everything. Mm-hmm. They did his taxes for him, everything. Even though he had money, you really couldn't do much with it. Um, now he can live the rest of his life. You know, I said that's what you're buying." He's got plenty of money. What if you break even and you lose a little bit of money on this thing? What's the, you know? It's not going to change the way you live, but but being the owner of Hito, will. and uh, and of course eventually he agreed with me. He he walked out and we, I had a there was a week. It was like the most somber week. It was amazing. Like I was on my way to the closing and I got a call from Kevin, who's the other partner, 
Um, mm-hmm. I think he's now considered an equity partner. I think it changed the way things are. But he's, uh, uh, you know, he said, John, the you know, game's over. Harry's in the office trying to get his, you know, his million dollar deposit back or whatever it was. Uh, you know, just come, come to the hotel. And I went there, and it was really it was so somber. We went to the bank, bank that day. It was so somber. It was like it was like a funeral. And then, like two weeks later, after we after I recrunched the numbers and, and got Harry to agree to come back, and we did. We made we barely made the closing, but we made it. The difference was like a. It was so funny. It would be funny to have a split screen and see both rooms at the same you know at the same time. So it turned out to be a good time. And you know, I will say this: I went through a hard time. I was CEO for like three years. I went through a hard time. We, the resort went through some hard times. They, they lost a very large lawsuit, had to shut down uh, the, the U.S. presence. And uh, I found out that I wasn't that happy being the CEO. I mean, it was changed the way I went. I like being the head of Fluffernums and having a good time and causing trouble and yeah. you know, good trouble. Absolutely. You, and, rolled, and like, you, you did a total 180 on that because like, all that responsibility and the investment in Luckily, it. Like, I got out of it. Yeah. I had been out of it. And you know, Harry Harry was nice enough to pay me quite a bit more. Not not a small amount, but quite a bit more than what my, my shares were actually worth at the time. So I have nothing but good to say about him, but but I will say this, the those in the know know that it was really my efforts that make that set the resort in the direction that it's going in now. You know, Harry's done an amazing job. He's put a lot of money into it, he hasn't taken any money out. Uh, not that he has to, but he's invested all the profits so that people are – we're benefiting. When you go to Hito and you pay the new rate, which is a little bit higher now, you are getting back every penny because he's – you know, there's no resort you're going to go to, none, where you go to the bar at the pool and you can get Patron and Maker's Mark and Ciroc and Grey Goose. That stuff is at the pool. Yeah. Yeah, not it is. That's... I mean, it is. And, no, keep, and keep in mind, it's the – the water sports are included. Your food is included. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take yeah, out a kayak, a, a, yeah. a catamaran. You, you can go on snorkeling no cruises. All of it's included. No, there's no tipping, no tipping required or, or expected because, you know, let's face it, if you're naked, wherever you're going to pull a tip out of, no one's going to really want to take it from you, really. <laughs> so, right? So, so John, <laughs> I, you know, Mallory um, and I are of the opinion, and we'll say this openly. We've said absolutely. it before. We'll say it one more time. That if not for John Gross, Hedonism 2 doesn't exist today. Um, you've talked about your friend uh, Harry. You've talked about being in business with yeah, Harry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it just that is absolutely 100% true because they were selling it to a non-lifestyle entity who was yeah, really not going to like invest. Apples or beaches, yeah. So, so from so, from obviously casual swinger and from all of our listeners and everybody that loves Hito, thank you, number one. Uh, but I want to know because we talk a lot about in in our show and in the lifestyle and and because you're a lifestyler, you're so, I mean you were one. Of, I mean, as a matter of fact, I think there's an article written about you called the King of Swing. There was one time we came here and saw you, and they were filming a pilot for a TV show called The King of yes, Swing that was, that was about you. <laughs> Um, and yeah, you're we saw right. you then. Yeah, you're I right. Think of it. Was that right? So, um, tell yeah, me. Yeah, there was a there was a reality show that they were going to shoot. They they never got around to selling it. One guy, somebody who had an investor in it, kind of stole it, tried to sell it on their own, and they got shut down. And so it went haywire. But yeah, we did shoot a, a pilot with. Uh, I actually had Juliana and I had Christine with me, and who else? Yeah. 
Yeah, you had a bunch of hot girls with you. It didn't suck. Yeah, Yeah, no. Uh, But, you know, so tell me, you know, one of the big themes we talk about, we just did a show recently on this, on fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. You and I come across FUD in, in our lines of business all the time, whether it's technology, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's travel. How did fear, uncertainty, and doubt play a part in the acquisition, the organization of this group? How did you overcome it? What What was the driving factor that made you say, I don't care that I'm afraid. I don't care this could cost me my personal life, my professional life, my economic success. How, what was the thing that said, I'm going to do this no matter what? How did you overcome fear, uncertainty, and doubt? And how do you do it on a day-to-day basis in the lifestyle, right? You said you're a short guy that vaguely resembles Danny DeVito, yet here you are throwing the party and you got a beautiful girl waiting on you at home. So what's the secret? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I shake my head sometimes. I, I can't believe I have had the success that I've had. Um, I, I, you have to believe, first of all, anything you do in life, you really, if you're passionate about it, if it's something that really is part of who you are, you're probably going to be successful because you're going to be happy every day you're on work. So I've never, I mean, I didn't plan on being in the computer business, really. I, I was a salesman. I wanted to be a TV producer. I'm a Newhouse grad. I went to New, I went to, uh, to uh, Syracuse University for broadcast journalism and so forth. And um, uh, I just kind of fell into every one of the things I did. I didn't plan on turning Fluffernutters into a business. It was a hobby. Uh, most of the hobbies I've had that I've been passionate about, I found a way to make some money with it. And next thing you know, it's a business. And I try not to let it get to own me. Um, I think every day I have fear because every day I'm dealing with, you know, there's a lot of overhead in this business. There's a lot of competition in this business, uh, like everybody else, probably in every business, but I believe in myself. Um, I figure I'm also pretty easygoing. So when I, when I have a failure or things don't go my way, I just kind of, you know, I kind of let it go. I don't let it eat me alive. I just keep going. I, my goal when I wake up in the morning is to smile and have a good time and, you know, try to help some people. I spend a lot of time helping other people and that's probably takes away from some of my focus. Um, it's, uh, you know, you can't, if you yourself, you know, I will say this about women, if I, if I may, uh, men are very visual. If it's a gorgeous looking woman, boy, she could have a lot of bad personal traits and so forth. And most guys, unless they're amazingly good looking guys or amazingly successful guys, they'll overlook it if she shows interest because she's amazing looking women. Don't see it that way at all. Don't get me wrong. The guy is totally a hunk. He's well hung or whatever. He's probably going to get fucked like crazy. Take no, for example. But (laughs) we just talked to him yesterday. We just saw (laughs) Mel yesterday. He's probably getting getting two blowjobs right now at the pool. Um, And he's look, he's a pro at it. You know, he's a single guy. He's a pro at it. Um, I think when it comes to women, women like to have a connection with men. And if you're a guy who kind of understands women and really can connect, a lot of guys, you know, really are selfish when it comes to sex and when it comes to affection and when it comes to understanding or they they just don't have a high IQ on reading what a woman really wants. Um, a lot of guys, you know, that are, that are you know, maybe not, uh, you know, rock stars or, or movie stars uh, that understand, you know, you see beautiful women with guys, you, you, what is she doing with him? My guess is he probably knows how to touch her buttons in the right places at the right time. Amen. And he probably fills a lot of her a lot of her needs, emotional needs, romantic needs, and so forth. I have learned a lot. 
this business, this lifestyle in my life has taught me a lot. I have confidence when it comes to intimacy and being alone with a woman because I, I know the certain things I know how to do that I do do that seem to be universally uh, liked. Um, but I think most of it is just connecting and, and knowing, you know, look, when someone goes down on you, okay, it's basically the same thing. But the thing is, one guy is terrible, can't find the spot, doesn't zig when he should, doesn't zag when he should, just doesn't follow her mind, isn't he understanding which is, you know, what the signals she's giving him. Another guy is unbelievable, and most people are somewhere in between, but basically it's all the same action. It isn't like there's something that's so tremendously different. There's only maybe 100 different things, you know, you can do or whatever it is. The question is, when do you do them in what order and how are they done and, and how are you fucking with someone's mind? And mind fucking is, let's face it, isn't it? I mean, that is the ultimate organ, the stimulus. Yes, so, it is. It's the best really, fuck really, in the world. When you can, yeah, when you can get in somebody's mind space and, and, and lead with that. Oh, that's a secret it's, to me. It's, it's the secret of sex in and of itself. John, I got to tell you, totally. uh, the last three and a half minutes of audio are probably the best three and a half minutes of audio we've ever had in Casual Swinger because you covered a couple of things really quickly and succinctly. You talked about passion. You talked about intimacy. You mm-hmm. talked about connecting. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, when you, and the last thing, which is probably the most important thing in the universe, is confidence. Mm-hmm. So those things, when you can put all of them together... It's not just the lifestyle you're going to be successful at. It's your life you're going to be successful at. Well, you know, it's you know, it's funny because I have my haters. And my haters are people usually who don't really know me. They've heard some stories or they've heard someone who doesn't like me say whatever. They haven't really met me or hung with me or spent time with me or, or you know, allowed anything. The people who know me know that my... I, I only try to do good for people. I only try, I'm genuinely interested in all the people that, that travel with me. And I get to know everybody, you know, probably not as good as I used to be at it. In the early days, I took every phone call. And if someone was new and had never been, I'd spend two hours with them. Talking about everything, their life, my life, how, why they're doing this, you know. And so that when I finally met them, I kind of understood where they were as a couple him, her, usually one or the other, because usually one of them's on the phone, me, not both. And it allows me to create the right energy. See, the whole idea of events is, and believe me, every group in the world is copying my events. Some have come up with original stuff, but most people have copied most of us, the YMCA's and all that stuff. Yeah, you did kind of set the cadence for that, though, especially with the groups, as, with, like, as far as the events and the games and like the, the overall structure of how a group is run. So that's not surprising. Well, well, the thing is, why come on my week? You come on any week. And usually my weeks, my big weeks are about $5 a night more money. So really, you can save money, certainly, and not book with me. Um, the, the smaller weeks, I, I'm at the exact same price because I can't, no one's going to pay me. That's just, we have, we have enough inventory in the big ones. But I take all the extra money and I invest it in unbelievable entertainment. You really uh, do. You have a lot of value adds. Yeah. Mike Blake just came and he played one day at the pool and two days in the thing. And he was, he was a man. The energy was unbelievable. And I thought to myself, people who come to Hito have a great week, but they don't know what an unbelievable week is until they've had a night in the piano bar that's packed with naked women, you know, dancing on the piano and Spike Blake playing. He sounds, he's one of the top three dueling piano players in the country. It's out of Kansas city. He's pretty, pretty freaking amazing. 
And, you know, he comes every year with us. We fly a rock band down from, from Boston uh, to play on the, on the poolside on, uh, in July. We have a big outside concert. We bring a sound in and, you know, and, you know, they have a, they have a party on Tuesday night, a girl party. They do a nice job with it, but they're not going to spend, you know, we spend a ton of money. Uh, we had a big black light party with paint and, video screens and uh, we bring in a special dj and and we we take a portion of our profit because especially in the beginning it was never a matter of making a profit it was a matter of throwing a good party so we took a good portion of our, our profits and invested it in you know everything you know we yeah, get we that, send out a box a sw- you know a lot of it is a lot of it's not just the events it's how they're done and when they're done there's a real art to doing this properly uh, sure, because you have to think about wag. the time frame, right? And what people's level of comfort Every- and like building up to the crescendo. And yeah, that makes sense. Totally. How I can hear a trip to Hito is people say, when, what day should we come in? Well, people who are listening, the data come in a Saturday. Because the truth is, imagine you're on a brand new cruise ship that has like, you know, 6,000 people. I don't know how many people they put today on a cruise ship. But let's say the cruise ship's leaving on Saturday. Everybody's walking around that first day. Ooh, ah, they're picking out where they're going to hang in a bar, where they're going to sunbathe, so forth and so on. Now, if Wednesday I throw you on that ship, you're in the ooh-ah phase. Everybody else is already chilling. You're never going to catch up. Well, the evolution of a week at Hedo, because this is not a normal week. This is where you're going to meet friends for life, where you're really going to feel like you're part of something. People have the guts to go there, have a certain quality to them, and it's magnetic to each other. And -hmm. what's going to happen is you're going to make friends in a media flight, but you need to meet them when they're in the same mode you're in. And what we do is we give newbies a different color yeah. hat, a different color shirt, so that we know they're newbies in our group, and we treat them a little bit differently. Plus, we book anybody. So if you're a single male and you're wearing a newbie hat, I don't vouch for you. You may <laughs> right. be one. We, we, you know, we, we have two rules in Fluff and Others. We don't care how old you are. We don't care how young you are. We don't care if you drink champagne or beer. I don't care if you're a doctor or, or, a, or a garbage man. It's funny. We have relationships between people who never would have met. But they happen to meet in, the keto, right? In normal so, social cir- circumstances, today, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have two rules, and we stick by them. Rule number one, no assholes. You can have Good an rule. asshole, but you can't be one. If you're an asshole, <laughs> you, know, you can come to heal. You can't wear my hat. And by that, we mean people who are miserable. People who yeah. treat the staff because they, they think they're American or they think they're, you know, they think they're God's gift and they think everybody should, you know. Those people just aren't part of my group. I mean, you yeah. gotta be, you gotta be kind of a nice person. Uh, and the second rule is no drama. If you're a couple, especially, you know, I know you have a lot of listeners, and you know it's a casual lifestyle thing. So there's probably people at different stages of the lifestyle, and you know you mm-hmm. dream about going keto. Everybody has their fantasy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you know, everyone has their limits. Okay, we're going to do it together. We're not going to do it separate. Okay, you're not allowed to kiss someone. Whatever it is, everybody has their rules. And it's so funny because the rules change over time. I, I call it a line in the sand. That line keeps moving. You know? and I first Always heel, does. I get, That's why it's sand and not cement. I wouldn't get it. My, my first swing, I never was a swinger. I was a 27-year-old kid who couldn't, I found a place that had nudity, and I kind of like, okay. And then for like two or three years, I used to wonder about the swingers. Hey, we'd sit around and kind of make, not make fun of them, but we'd be like intimidated by them, you know. And we swung the first time, was like totally by accident. Anyway, they... Um, uh, you, you know, the thing is that you, uh, I forget what I was saying now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. You're good. Hey, You're man. good. There's so much to talk about when we're talking about your group, your, your, basically your, you know, uh, life here in the last, you know, 25 years or so. 
and the history of Hedo. There's there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. I mean, we're asking you to sum up who you are yeah, and for- your entire life in 45 minutes. Good fucking luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's very important to, to make the chemistry right. And so we do certain parties that are made that are certain days of the week. We do an orientation. Everything is, has a design to it to move people along to a comfort level. But we also, just like Hedo is very respectful, with Fluffin' Owners, we've been very, very careful. For example, we throw a cocktail party uh, where we give away a lot of goods, which you know, costs a lot of money. Um, uh, we have an auction for, like, you know, nice fashion and, and heavy-duty, crazy, amazingly good sex toys. Um, and there are some people who just can't believe they're there. I mean, they, they're, they got naked for the first time, and they're there. And we don't we respect them, and we certainly don't expect a lot from them. But what makes it nice is... People can do what they want because what it is is the men get coupons and the women are the only ones who can bid on the auction items. So the women have to get the coupons from the men. Now, if you're a new couple, it might be, oh, that girl's really hot and my wife would love to be with her. So you call her over and you say, look, can I take a picture of the two of you together? I'll give you a coupon. Would you kiss my wife? I'll give you a coupon. Then there's the girl who just fucks <laughs> blow off. She loves giving blowjobs, and here's her opportunity to use the friggin' auction as an excuse to suck, you know, five guys that she thinks are fucking hunks that have huge dicks. And, you know, you see it. You see the women like, oh, can I suck your dick? And, you know, will you give me like three coupons? And then they, they you know, they use that as an excuse to get a pair of leather, leather you know, pants or a whip or something at the auction. Um, basically, There's a lot of strategy deals, involved. So I, feel, I feel like I need coupons. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? It allows people to do exactly what they want to do and no more. That it's interesting. Unbelievable. So, and then we John, have we, we've covered a lot of ground here. And this is, I mean, you're you're as dynamic a personality as has ever existed at Hito. Mm-hmm. Uh, or anywhere else, for that matter. A, yeah, absolutely. And and I, I feel like uh, hey, this is something hey, we could hey, probably hey, talk for hours. Do, you, Go ahead. By the way, you do a great job yourself. You do a great job yourself. I've seen you MC. Uh, quite a few events, and you've got it. You got it. He really <laughs> you know, does, you really doesn't do, he? By the way, oh, yeah, that's high praise so, coming from hey, you, look, man. You know, so thank you. You're, you're a broadcaster. You're a broadcaster, and you're an old tech guy like me. So I guess it comes from the nerdiness. There's something about you know we ha- we adapt a certain way, and we use our personality. And I've yeah. seen you. You know your costumes are great, and your MC is great. And if you ever did your own trip, you'd be fine. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that one yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know I, I so you're a CEO and, and I have a question that I really want to know the answer to from your perspective you, you know you've been a president of a couple of different companies now and I think about this kind of stuff so just you know I was a journalism minor um, so it's funny that you know we have that in common but um, and I think about you know, the world around us from a marketing perspective, a social media perspective, this ubiquitous pornography that we have around us. How does a place like Hedonism stay relevant when what they're selling ostensibly is available in the palm of your hand? How does how do they stay relevant? And as their former CEO, what do you think they have to do? I know they were talking about doing an expansion. How does this place stay here? You know, 38 years uh, that Howard was coming here and he was a fluff, right? He was one of the first 12. So how, 38 years from now, is Hito going to be here? What changes and how do they do it? Uh, wow. Um, yeah, that's a, not uh, yeah, an easy one. Well, yeah, so that's a tough one. To, I wish I had a couple to think about. But to, off the top of my head, what I would say is um, uh, Hito is not pornography. 
and it's mm. not the sex you see on TV. Um, it's sexual and it's sensual. But if anything, it is needed more now today. It is more relevant today than it ever was. You know, there was, you know, there was hippies and there was love and there was our country is at each other's throat. Right, I mean, it yeah. is pretty bad. I mean, the amount of hate and the amount of, um, no, let's put it this way. Let's pull out the hate stuff. I don't want to get into that. Just yeah. say the amount of anxiety that people yeah. have about the day existence. People on Facebook are de- defending each other because they have different political views, different racist views. I mean, there's so much going on. It, here's, an, here's an oasis. Here's a place that people need even more today than they've ever needed. You go there and you forget about the mainstream. Totally. You just spend a week being an adult kid. You know, there's one day we throw 300, <laughs> like nine inflatable balls in the pool, and those balls go for like two hours. People hitting each other with them and throwing them. People, act, I look in that pool and it's like there's 50 year old men acting like 17 year old boys, and they're all <laughs> loving it. I'll tell you what, every, you don't do any big event that night because everybody goes to sleep early. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> hammered. I have to agree with you though. It's not. It's not. You don't come here and expect pornography. It's um, an, a level of intimacy and in that. Um, you know, equal playing ground that everyone's on. We're naked. We're here together. We're here to connect. We're here to have a, a great vacation. And, and and it's available here, and it's so unique compared to any other experiences I've personally had. Yeah. And, you know, John, you and I are uh, we're, we're older than Mallory. So do you remember Fantasy Island? Deplane, Deplane? Yeah. Back in the day, Ricardo yeah, Montalbán. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So. It's syndication, but it's okay. <laughs> so I think that's what a modern sure mojito can, is. Sure it's a fantasy island where you can be anything you want to be. You can sing. You can tell jokes. Mm-hmm. You can be an MC if you're a technology guy. Yeah, you can just watch from the background if that's yeah. what makes you happy. Um, yeah. You know, hito you know, is funny, special. It goes, it, it goes across age groups, too. It's very interesting. Yes. Uh, people will call me and say... You know, what age of the group that, you know, what that's the first question usually is, mm-hmm. what age? And they were actually trying to find out. They're trying to find out really how attractive the group is to begin with. And it's very interesting because my, my February group is probably a little bit older. Um, it's certainly older than like Young Swingers or one of those groups. Um, but it is the most harmonious week. And the people are, for the most part, you know, I mean, there's some extremes, but for the most part, the people are, are pretty good looking. I mean, it's a good looking crowd, but it's a crowd that, you just love everybody because everybody, everybody's that's much more attractive because of the way they now I have weeks with gorgeous like the, the hottest crowd I have is in July it's really hot I mean the crowd's smoking hot but there's more drama that week and it's so it's very interesting but you know the girl that travels with me is she's only in her 20s she's in her young early 20s and of course well the done, first John. time she well went done. totally out of that's kind Sorry of about that. I was just complimenting you, I, sir. I will say though, your group is definitely all inclusive. We've run into fluffs, and in, in not only here in Jamaica, but in our everyday lives, like in our travels and, and for work. Oh, yeah. And when we traveled around the country doing stuff for Casual yeah. Swinger, we ran into fluffs all over the place. Nick, we know you guys. You guys came with the fluffs four years ago. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's They're funny because the uh, you know, the, the girl I'm with is very very young, and the first time she went, it was totally out of her, you know realm i mean at least i have life experience but when you're i think she was maybe 20 or 21 at the time and you know she's gone about 20 times now and 
she's totally adapted to it. She loves the people and everything. She has a lot of friends, people. She missed this last trip because she has a, a family, a family emergency. And, and people are asking about her. The staff's asking about her. They, she hula hoops at the, and she sings when she's there and all. And people want to see her perform. And, and she's not out, you know, going crazy with a bunch of people. She's, she's you know, she doesn't have to be. Um, but people love having her around. And so and it's kind of places for everybody. And, and, and yeah. the and the whole you know thing. I think my advice to people is, I would say if you're gonna go to Hito, don't go with any like huge expectations that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be um, you're gonna have an unbelievably sexual time. And if you go with the right attitude, you probably will have an unbelievably sexual time. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, <laughs> this episode had, was important to us. It was important to us because Very we love Hito. So. Uh, we respect the hell out of what you've done. And we thank you for having the foresight and, and the guts to, you know, come to the table and go, I, I, I want to solve this. And I think I know people who can help make that happen. And I want to be a part of that. Well, I appreciate that. There was a lot of, you know, in some ways it's, it's cost me some things in my personal life. Uh, but I know that there's so many thousands of people that are going to be happy and go to Hito for a long time. I mean, Harry's done a really good job of making the place really beautiful. And he's still investing. He's still doing stuff. Um, I might have done it a little bit differently on a few things, but uh, yeah, I think he's done a great job. He's got he's got the right attitude. He's he definitely understands the you know people. He understands Americans. He understands Jamaicans. Um, you know, and you know, thank you for you guys. You know, it's 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 guys like you that are promoting. You know, at least you're giving a, a place where people can come to that have an interest, they have a curiosity, they want to get like they want to truly understand it, and not get like the. Howard Stern side of things, I mean, whatever it is, you know, everybody mm-hmm. kind of like blows what the lifestyle is. It makes it look very seedy, and there's a lot of people who are lifestylists. I mean, they're yeah, and they, they, you know, they don't have yeah, yeah, and anyone who doesn't understand it kind of wants to put it in a box, right? Because then it's controlled, and and they can understand it inside those parameters. And what it, what it is, it's very fluid. It's whatever you make of it, and it's it whoever you are. Well, that's Hito. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, it's fluid. It's it what is. you make of it, right? Exactly. You can sit on the beach and talk to nobody hey, and have a beautiful Caribbean vacation. I know. What amazes me is the people who are um, very conservative in their life and, and their and their political views and their, their religious views and so forth, and they're still in Hito. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know how they yeah. do it. I, guess they I got really stoned with a U.S. District <laughs> Court judge on your trip four years ago. <laughs> so, uh, honest to God, truth, I swear to God, I shouldn't even say this, but this actually happened. I saw a cantor give a rabbi a lap dance. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. One day I'm going to write a book. One day I'm going to write a book. I swear to God, I am. I mean, I really have the outline for it. Maybe one of these days I go look for a publisher. But the first chapter is going to be the the worst, uh, most embarrassing moments of my life in this lifestyle. And there are some stories that are going to people are going to laugh because you know you don't want to hear about my Sibian stuff. You don't want to hear about you know my successes and all of these. I think what people want to really hear about is they want to put themselves in my shoes when I've been in a situation that has really, really been fucked up. <laughs> and <laughs> when it really went wrong. Yeah. Well, it, that's oh awesome because you have to look look back and laugh. Well, come like, on. Our most popular episodes so... are fail episodes when we talk about things that went totally wrong. But I don't want to change anything about those no. at the same time. That's, that's you know part what? of call who me, we are. You know what? Call me some time and I will give you like five stories I guarantee your listeners will laugh their asses off on. Like All right, you got a rain check, sir. John, let's yeah. let's do a follow up to this because yes. um, what I want to do is I want to do another show with you sometime and just talk fluffs. Yeah, 
because this was more about the saving of the resort and and what the resort is all about and and who you are all about as a a Hedo CEO. But I want to give the fluffs their time. You know, you have a lot of fluffs that are listeners of Casual Swinger, like Rico and Trixie, who just messaged us the other day. Right. There's uh, and they didn't mind using their names. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Right. Yeah. So we've great got guy. lots of fluffs that listen guy. and chime in and say hi. And because you know what? They're fantastic people, like you said. And so I want to give the fluffs their due. So let's do this again and just talk fluffs sometime. And you can save those stories and tell our listeners yourself if you don't mind. That's fine. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, hey, I hope this was fun for you because it was fun for us. And this was part two of A Living History of Hedonism 2. This is the winds of change. This is the guy that brought change to hedonism too, and his name is John Gross. And John, we thank you very much for your time today. Uh, thank you for your courtesy in doing this again, since we screwed up and lost our audio. It was my pleasure. And now you guys have to go out and drink some tequila and listen. And you, I assume you're going to be on the microphone this afternoon. Yes, and sir. You know me, sir. I'll be out there every day wearing my hats. <laughs> Yeah, uh, isn't is like don't you guys do like a dildo something or other? A jerk a jerk off dildo contest? I know one of the contests I've seen you guys do it's a lot of fun. There's several. We actually. do a, we do a game called marshmallow. The... We, we do the game called marshmallow my ass. You'll have to ask me about that next time we talk. Okay. All right. All right. You guys I love it. Have well, a hey, John, thank you very much. Make. We're gonna we're gonna call this thing closed. But thank you very much. This was a living history hedonism too. Everybody, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. Welcome back to Casual Swinger, guys. Mallory here. And Mickey. And about this time, I'm half in the bag on the beach in Jamaica. I'm just trying to get her to blow me. Uh, there's no try. Just do. Oh. <laughs> do or do not. There's no try. Hey, guys, that was John Gross from the Fluffer Nutters. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. That was a lot of fun for us to do, and I feel like we really gave you guys a piece of something that I don't really know that's out there, how it happened, how that acquisition happened, and ultimately how our friend Harry Lang came into power. So yeah. we're looking forward to uh, introducing you in the next episode to the hedonist in chief. So that should be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm very excited about that one, but that's going to be a wrap for this episode. We'll catch you again here in about a week with the third piece of a living history of hedonism too. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon. 